Hello, everyone, and welcome to Headwise, the weekly video cast and podcast of the National Headache Foundation. I'm Dr. Lindsay Weitzel. I'm the founder of Migraine Nation, and I have a history of chronic and daily migraine that began at the age of four. I'm very happy to tell you that I am here today with a repeat guest that we have not seen in a while. This is Dr. Vincent Martin. Hi, Dr. Martin. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Glad to be here. I'm glad you're here too. Dr. Martin is a headache specialist and the director of the Headache and Facial Pain Center at the University of Cincinnati. He is also the president of the National Headache Foundation. He always has so much awesome information for us and I can't wait to see what he's going to tell us today. I think many people in our audience are going to be interested in what we are talking about. We're going to talk about fibromyalgia as a migraine comorbidity. Many people that I know that have migraine also have fibromyalgia. It's thought that up to 30% of people with migraine have fibromyalgia as a comorbidity. So Dr. Martin, before we get too deep into the link between migraine and fibromyalgia, let's just discuss what fibromyalgia is. Can you talk to us about that for a second? Well, we can talk about how it used to be defined and how it is currently defined. It used to be defined by trigger points. So they were very specific locations. They were some in the shoulders, some of the back of the head, some in the in the um, mid and lower back. Very specific points where, when you applied a certain amount of pressure, that that would be perceived as painful. And the whole criteria were based on a pain disorder associated with a certain number of trigger points. Now we're defining it in a slightly different way, and in more recent criteria, we're simply we're looking at. How many different regions of pain are, are involved? So are you having neck pain and low back pain and, and arm pain and, and wrist pain and so forth, um, along with some measure of, of how it's affecting your life um, besides just the pain? Like, for example, uh, a lot of patients with fibromyalgia will report difficulty thinking, or they might report a chronic fatigue, but it's more than just fatigue. It's like incapacitating fatigue. So the current criteria are based on multiple regions of pain along with these other non-pain syndromes to make a diagnosis of fibromyalgia. Okay. All this sounds very miserable if you also have migraine because migraine in and of itself is quite miserable. So uh, I hope we have everyone's attention uh, who thinks that they might have it or knows that they have it. Why do migraine and fibromyalgia occur together? Well, there probably are multiple ways that could happen, but one is is through this this uh, phenomenon called central sensitization. So, mm -hmm. when these nerve cells, particularly ones within the brain, become sensitized because they've been barraged by continual pain signals, and once those uh, central neurons get sensitized, then the entire body becomes sensitized to pain, not just the head, but it involves the neck and the back and and so forth. So it's thought to be central sensitization that is the main uh, reason why people. Um, you know, have uh, have fibromyalgia. Okay, so um, so the central sensitization is caused often by migraine first. Do sometimes people with fibromyalgia end up getting migraine if they had fibromyalgia first? I think it's bidirectional. Okay. I think if 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 you have fibromyalgia, you're more likely to develop migraine and, and vice versa. So I'm not sure okay. that one necessarily causes the other and okay. and so forth. And I'm not sure that it's always migraine causing the central sensitization, but it 
It could be fibromyalgia causing central sensation and then migraines ramp up. I don't know. I don't think we really know what's the horse and what's the cart in the situation. Okay. Is fibromyalgia associated with any other diseases that we know of? Uh, many. Um, but the big one that's interesting to me is is the Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So the patients that are hypermobile are anywhere from six to nine times more likely to have to, to have uh, fibromyalgia. So this there's a very tight interconnection. And, and EDS is a disease of connective tissue where uh, they get pain all over their entire bodies. In fact, fibromyalgia patients and EDS patients are are often intertwined. So that's that's one disease that maybe we could talk about in a future podcast. Okay. But other diseases like uh, depression, anxiety, and, uh, and a variety of other disorders are more common in media, uh, more common in, uh, in fibromyalgia than in the general okay. population. Okay. So how, you went into this just a little bit, uh, talking about pressure points, et cetera, but how is fibromyalgia diagnosed? And if there's someone listening that's wondering if they have it, how do they know if they should go into a doctor and, and be screened for it? I think if you're having you know, pain over many different regions of your body, then it, it begs the question as to whether or not you have fibromyalgia. And the kind of doctors that you would go see, you could it's most commonly managed by rheumatologists, arthritis doctors, but sometimes your, your uh, uh, general practitioner, your general internist, your family practitioner, would probably be the first point of contact uh, for both diagnosis and management of fibromyalgia. Okay. Um, so this is an interesting question, especially if someone knows that their mother or father has fibromyalgia, is there a genetic component to it? There, there is a genetic component. There's also a, it's also more, well, first of all, it's more common in women than men. Okay. And uh, in addition, it's more common in family members of, of, of patients with uh, fibromyalgia. And there's a variety of different genes that are involved. Ones that are involved in serotonin, which is uh, serotonin is kind of the positive mood uh, chemical in your brain. And another mm -hmm. one called norepinephrine. They're very important neurochemicals that mm -hmm. are uh, involved in depression. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to that, there are a variety of um, what they call ion channels, little openings in nerve cells where, where basically different chemicals go through that can be, there can be gene mutations that predispose to fibromyalgia. So there probably are many ways okay. that you can get to this disease that we call fibromyalgia. Interesting. So does stress play a role either in causing it or triggering it and making it worse? Well, there's no doubt that when patients with fibromyalgia or frankly migraine are under periods of stress, that their pain is is increased, but in mm -hmm. addition to that, a very there's a very interesting association between early life uh, childhood traumas, both emotional and other kind of traumas that young kids get, where the stress response is upregulated and sometimes it doesn't function normally, and mm -hmm. there seems to be this association between these early life traumas and the later development of fibromyalgia. So it's a really interesting interesting line of research in the field. So along those lines, do people who have both migraine and fibromyalgia find that when migraine is flared, so is their fibromyalgia, do they flare at the same time? Not always, but, okay. um, but sometimes, um, okay. I have had some people that we put on migraine therapies, like, uh, um, what we call onobotulinum toxin A or Botox, for example, on the, and the, the fibromyalgia flare, but the headaches are doing great. 
So they're, mm. they're not always, they don't always go in tandem, but many times they do. So it's like one pain begets another. Okay. All right. So this is going to be a very important practical question. Exercise can be very complicated for many people who have migraine. Um, so I can imagine if you have both fibromyalgia and migraine, it can be really complicated. So what type of exercise is recommended for people who, who have fibromyalgia or both migraine and fibromyalgia? Well, first of all, I'd like to just backtrack one thing that the, the mm -hmm. best evidence for any therapy for fibromyalgia is, is activity, okay. which includes a, a light exercise. Most patients with fibromyalgia are not in a condition with their uh, their pain syndrome to go out and do real vigorous exercise. So things like a stationary bike, uh, walking um, is great. Some isometric exercises can be helpful as well. So what um, are isometric exercises? Low impact, you know, type of activities uh, for okay. fibromyalgia patients, but it's really important to get patients active and and not, you know, and, and not let the disease just make them to be completely inactive. When you say isometric, just for the audience, can you give us some examples of isometric exercises? Where you're pushing against, you know, just tightening the muscles up, like you're pushing on a okay. wall or just okay. pushing like this where the, you tighten the muscles up and then you relax them and you tighten them up and relax them. Okay. And then right. Sometimes like physical therapy can be helpful for fibromyalgia patients. And sometimes they'll do dry needling into, into various areas, you know, mm -hmm. to see if that can help, like if they have neck pain or pain in their trapezius muscles of their neck. Okay. All right. I love training. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up. It feels amazing. <laughs> um, so uh, what other lifestyle factors, practices should people with fibromyalgia uh, be involved in? Is there anything else? Well, I think a healthy diet is, is I would say, and uh, there is some data on anti-inflammatory diets where you eat lots of uh, fresh foods, uh, fresh fruits, vegetables, stay away from boxed or canned or you know, foods, anything that has a preservative, a preservative in them. Um, thin fishes um, often have high omega-3 fatty acids and and uh, so forth, and those can be very helpful in preventing pain. Um, just healthy neurologic lifestyles, getting uh, the appropriate amounts of sleep um, and keeping yourself hydrated, making sure you don't have prolonged periods of fasting. These are all things that are helpful for patients with migraine, but also patients with fibromyalgia as well. Okay. So what um, medications in particular are best for people who do have both migraine and fibromyalgia? Is there, are there particular meds that are great when you do have both conditions? Sure. I mean, the first category is the antidepressant class of medications, and there's three different groupings of meds. One are the, what we call the tricyclic antidepressants. Those are your amitriptylines and nortriptylines. Other names for them are that are um, Elevil and Pamelor, or the trade names. And then there's other um, meds call, called the SSRIs. There are things like fluoxetine or Prozac or sertraline, which is Zoloft, or paroxetine, which is Paxil. And then there's another group called the SNRIs that block uh, serotonin and norepinephrine and actually increase levels um, in the in the nerve cells. Um, as well. And then there also are some other drugs. There's one called Pristique. And uh, actually, uh, Pristique and Cymbalta are both FDA approved for, for fibromyalgia. So the antidepressant uh, category is one. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, a seizure med category where mm -hmm. meds like uh, gabapentin or Neurontin is the other name for it, 
Mm -hmm. um, and also Alirica had been, Alirica has been approved for fibromyalgia. Mm -hmm. And those had a chemical called GABA as well as others. And then um, it, there's also a new kit on the block, uh, naltrexone, which is, I wouldn't say that there's great evidence for that, but a lot of uh, specialty clinics are starting to use low-dose low naltrexone, which basically blocks an opiate receptor as okay. well. Um, so those are probably the, the main, you know, therapies for fibromyalgia. Okay. Um, so we've covered a lot of grounds. Is there anything else you'd like to add to this topic where we're discussing both fibromyalgia and migraines since they occur together for so many of us? Um, did we, did we miss anything? One thing I would say is that if people have more frequent forms of migraine, like chronic migraine, mm -hmm. then the likelihood of having fibromyalgia goes up. And as I said before, it's like one pain begets another. And whether it's the migraine kindling, the fibromyalgia, or vice versa, we don't really know. It, my guess would be that it, it probably can go both ways. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, this is a very common association, one that we see in a headache clinic all the time. And if you don't manage the fibromyalgia, oftentimes the migraines might not optimally improve. Mm, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you everyone for join joining us, excuse me, for the weekly podcast of the National Headache Foundation. Please join us again next week. Bye-bye.